What's up, guys? I'm Sean Lightsout Merriman, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolt Podcast. Thanks for listening. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts Podcast. Air conditioning is this thing where it gets warm, and then it makes it cooler in your house. Prue drug, prue drug, and then it's got little balls in. We are gearing up for a fight on this podcast. You're going to steal our sandwiches. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez, and on this podcast we bring you the latest Chargers news. We preview and review every Chargers game, and this off-season we bring you the hottest content known to man. It's busy. The draft is coming. It's imminent. It's very close. We're going to see who's right and who's wrong. The, 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 the argument between left tackle and cornerback... And, and interestingly, wide receiver is heating up on, on social media. Which way is it going to go? Going to find out soon enough. Um, so what are we going to talk about today? We're going to be talking about the free agents and draft prospects at the secondary positions, which is the one I've been so excited to talk about because we're guaranteed to be taking a cornerback in the first round. I know, I know, John, John's, John's probably going to want to throttle me after that comment. Um, I am joined by my three favourite people in the world, my wonderful co-hosts. Number one, John Was Jr. Good evening, Bez. I'm a bit disappointed, mate, because I've already supped my drink because you took so long to start the recording. Been sat here for about eight hours already, mate. <laughs> what were you on? Uh, Limonata, San Pellegrino. Keeping it fresh, I like that. Keeping it fresh. <laughs> Talking about fresh I'm just glad he's not on a beach this week in the fresh sun of, I don't know, Costa Rica. It's John Ayres. I'm always at the beach in my mind, so if that makes any <laughs> for you. <laughs> and what are you drinking, my friend? Uh, nothing special, just a lemon lacroix or lacroix. I don't know. What is it with these tangy lemon drinks? Is it, is it getting to like nice weather or something around the world? Uh, it's um, summer. It's summer here still. I mean, I've got the AC going. Just, just every week, just trying to throw oh, air. Condi- air conditioning is this thing where it gets warm and then it makes it cooler in your house. I don't know if you know what that is out there, but it, it's a thing. <laughs> That's called the weather. That makes you cooler in your. <laughs> um, I am also joined by the hero that is Mr. Hollywood Dan King. Hey, Bez, how are you doing? Average. What are you drinking? So I'm drinking a brew drug, a brew drug, can't, brew drug. can't words. You know, I missed the last podcast and now uh, I'm just out of out of flow with things. So it's it's brew dog jet stream, um, which is just a transatlantic pale ale, um, whatever that really means. Um, yeah. So I, I missed I missed the podcast last time round. Um, I'm only here for a bit of this one's. Um, but whilst I'm here, people should check out my Twitter account, UKLA Charges, and have a look at my fundraiser for Mermaid's Gender. It's running till the end of April, and if you've got anything you could spare, that would be fantastic. But enough um, pestering from me. Bez! <laughs> Mate, thank you for, for getting the early plug in. Love it. I've gone controversial, guys. I've saved up. Uh, I had it yesterday, but all of you flaked on me, and I ended up you know, having to delay the podcast recording. But I have not delayed my bubble tea. I mean, was you've moved to London? This is this is like a apparently a South Korean phenomena that came to London, and um, for some reason there's there's a bubble tea shop opened in Bolton, which is usually the last <laughs> place to get anything in the world. So I'm on, Bolton. I'm on a it's like iced tea, ice flavored tea. I've gone for chocolate, and then it's got little balls in. You can have 
all sorts of tapioca, different isn't it? tapioca balls. I've got cherry burst, which are little balls of tapioca that explode cherry. It's delightful. It's incredible. It's a, it's a phenomena. The future. A bit of boba. <laughs> boba. I love it. I feel as if like like you know, twenty first century has arrived in Lancashire. So uh, I'll take it. Um, guys, we're going to. Um, this is the episode I've been excited about. We're going to talk about cornerbacks, safeties, big needs for the Chargers. Staley, we thought he was going to bring in John Johnson. He went to the Browns. We thought he was going to bring in Troy Hill. He went to the Browns. Um, we got rid of Casey Hayward. Resigned Michael Davis. He's not a cornerback one. I think there's a big glaring hole. Uh, we lost, is it Jalen Watkins that went on a ridiculous deal to the um, to the Jaguars, I think? Jaguars. Um, so we, there's some holes in this position group. And um, for you Chargers, uh, you Chargers fans, we're going to talk about how they, these prospects and free agents fit. If you do not support the Chargers, keep listening. We're going to be talking about the free agents and draft class in general, so you can know if there's someone for your team. Um, and actually, thank you for some feedback for some 49ers fans uh, who sent some messages across saying they were enjoying the content, uh, enjoying hearing our takes on the prospects that they might end up with them on your team. Um, but for you guys, shout out, you know, SoCal better than NorCal, so unlucky. Um, let's just get cracking. Free agent market is dry as a bone at cornerback. Um, yeah, you remember I said before the end of the season, I was hoping JC Jackson left the Patriots. He didn't. He got a second round tender um, after a great year with them. There are, you know, we got rid of Casey Hayward. He's still in the market. He could come back. Brian Poole of the Jets. That is such an uninspiring name. Brian Poole, 28 years of age. He was he was good for the Jets last year, but an, a, more of a slot man um, waiting on his deal. Very surprised that he hasn't been picked up. Um, Stevie Nelson uh, of the Steelers, 28 years old, probably getting paid a bit too much for the Steelers who couldn't afford him. So, you know, he's waiting to see where he lands. But, you know, the biggest name on the market is Richard Sherman leaving the 49ers at 33 years of age, going to Twitter with his resume, with his accomplishments to try and scrape a deal. Um, you know, could could he end up somewhere where a team misses out on their quarterback prospects for a one year? We'll see, we'll see. I think he'll be expensive. Um, guys, I'm going to start off with was Cornerbacks in the free agent market, any of these names enticing you? Anyone else I've missed um, that, that you think... Could be on the charge next year. <laughs> Not oh, everyone at once. <laughs> no, because I, I generally, I generally think that the um, front office is going to look for something, something different, and and that will come through actually drafting a, a rookie at thirteen, as Bez has already said. <laughs> uh, yeah, this. If you listen to Brandon Staley talking in his press conference the other day, he's saying, look, you can't play defence unless your corners tackle. Um, so read into that what you may. So I would argue that if we don't take a tackle in the first round, it'll be a cornerback and vice versa. So I, I think there'll be two avenues of approach in round one, tackle or cornerback, depending who's on the board and what they can get in round two or perceived to get in round two. So I don't think we'll... we'll be looking at free agency for a cornerback this year. Yeah, I don't know if cornerback is something that they're going to target in free agent. I mean, I could see them potentially if if the dra- if the draft goes haywire and they go 
who knows, maybe they go wide receiver <laughs> in round one and we all just lose our minds. And then they go... Well, that has been that, that has been touted. Jalen Waddle's name has been banded about again for the first round, but... Yeah, I just saw Sports Illustrated do a mock and had him take Devonta Smith, which I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna go ahead and pass on that too. I'd rather ha- I mean if if they're gonna take one, take Waddle because I think he is an elite player. I I just not a big Smith fan. But anyways, we're not talking about wide receivers. We're talking about cornerbacks that are on the market, and there are none really. I mean, if like I said, if it goes haywire and they can't get a cornerback that they like, maybe they dip their toes back in there, go after it, like you said, like a, a Malcolm. Butler or Quentin Dunbar somewhere at the like the six six and a half million a year range kind of thing. Um, I just I just don't see it as being. I, I think that they're, they're I think they're going to put a priority on cornerback. Hopefully not round one, but we'll see. Um, and uh, I think they can put a priority on cornerback in the draft. And I think that in the first two rounds they'll probably walk away with one. And I just don't see them spending the capital on on a veteran. So I mean, there's a few guys out there, but not anyone that I think. You look at and you go, yeah, I want this guy on my team. Um, just looking at who's available at the moment. As you mentioned, Bez, uh, Casey Hayward's still out there. Um, and yeah, Richard Sherman, <laughs> Not Rashad Breland. Um, I don't know if Josh Norman might still be around. I'm not sure there. But no one that really makes you think, yes, this is a game-changing player that can help our secondary right now. It's something we're definitely going to need to look at in the draft. And I'm with John, hopefully not in the first round. We are gearing up for a fight on this podcast. He's going to get gloves off and feisty in in a few minutes' time. Um, you know, this, this is an interesting one because the whole point of me thinking cornerback in the first is because there is just, you know, you don't cut your cornerback one, your big money cornerback sign nobody and then go ah it's all right i'll get a, a guy in the late second round i, don't, I just don't see it happening I, i'm gonna i've got a bit of a twist in the tail for when we move on to the draft prospects don't worry don't worry but um there's a couple of names i wouldn't be upset about if the charges got on really team-friendly contracts um the first is a guy who had pretty poor year last year only played seven games but when he's healthy He's up there. He's a very talented guy, 30 years of age, and maybe starting to regress a bit. And that's AJ Bowie. Um, I remember there was a big debate about Hayward, Hayward and um, Ramsey. Sorry, Hayward and uh, Derwin James. Um, him, them two versus Bowie. Who was with him? It was it was definitely Ramsey and Bowie at the Jaguars. And who was the best cornerback duo? Um, and I think he's got talent. I think he's got a, maybe a one-year deal in him if we don't yeah, find gold. Yeah, a, a one-year deal with Carolina. I think you'll find, Bez. Oh, have I missed this? Have I missed him signing? You, you have, my friend. You see, I'm glad I'm glad we've got you on the podcast for all my latest <laughs> Panthers news. He's even missed the fact that Jadavion Clown has gone to the Browns on a one-year yeah. deal. He wants to <laughs> sign him as well. <laughs> I'm just disappointed that he didn't end up signing... Um, Signing with us just so I could see you explode live on 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 Teams as we record this podcast. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's a really poor free agent market. If Bowie's not on the market, I, I hadn't seen that one. So thank you for updating me. There you go, getting it live and fresh. Um, there's really not a lot out there. You know, do we really want to be spending significant capital 
on bringing Richard Sherman in for one year, he's going to be expensive. He's not going to want a one-year deal. Um, I, I don't think do it, see it happening. For any of you non-Chargers fans out there, you know you've missed the boat. The cornerback market has dried up, um, and and all eyes are on the draft. So, without further ado, let's get straight into it because there is a big debate coming. The cornerback f- draft prospect class. It's fantastic. I I've spent so much of my time looking and watching tape and studying prospects that are coming into the draft and thinking, "Wow, I like them." So, for me, the the, the number one guy um is Patrick Sertain, cornerback Alabama. I think that he is absolutely elite. The more I watch him, the more I like him. He tackles. He can play on the outside, he can make the play, he can intercept the ball, he is smooth with his hips, he can get handsy with his man at the line and, and jam him and redirect him, but he can shadow him down the field. I think he's a big corner who's really reliable and could be a cornerback one immediately. Um, um, I'll come on to some more when I pass him over to you guys, but he's he's there, he's got you know 42 tackles, 2 interceptions, 3 forced fumbles, 8 pass broken up. loads of size, loads of upside, quick, physical. I'm in love with this guy. He's my number one prospect on my board this year. And, you know, whoever gets him, probably someone in the top eight to ten picks, is going to get an elite cornerback. Um, You could talk about someone like Caleb Farley, cornerback Virginia Tech. The injury is dropping him. This guy, I think, was in the conversation for cornerback one up there with Patrick. Um... But, you know, he's he's got this history of injuries, even though he sat out 2020. Durability issues are on the table. He's had back surgery. It's going to drop him down draft boards. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go towards the end of the first even. He's one of these guys that everyone projects. They get the surgery and they drop like a stone, you know. So... He's great. He's got good height, length, speed, closing speed's incredible, good tackling, good interceptions, smooth, strong twitch. He can read the snap really well. I've I've seen him coming off the corner blitzing at times and and reading it like a pro. Just a shame about the surgery. I wouldn't be disappointed if we traded right back to the end of the first and took him. If if Staley's saying we're not ready to compete, I don't think he is. But if, if, if we did that, I'd be happy with it. Um, throw some other names before I open it up to you guys. Um, You're gonna steal our sandwiches. <laughs> I am. I, I am. I'm just gonna throw another the other name because there's there's top three and I'll, I'll is J C Horn. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off giving my my full brief till it's uh, till I've gone round to you all. But J C Horn probably competing now for cornerback one in this draft. Not quite as good as as, as Satane for me, but I'll go into that in more detail. Um, guys, I'm gonna go to Dan. Who's exciting for you in the first round and beyond? Um, I I don't really know. I, I prefer Sertain to Horn. Um, there's a few guys that just don't have that that like tape of fantastic tackling skill. And I feel we've gone too many years having players like Jaleel Adai who will just throw themselves at a player and just bash off them instead of wrapping them up. Um, I mean, you say we had um, backup Jaleel Adai. We had Trey Boston as well. Just, I know they're both safeties, but they were just. I I never felt inspired by their tackling, and I feel that's a problem we've had. Um, I mean, you could look at Naz last year when he played as well, just whiffing on so many guys that 
I don't know. There's there's some doubts I have for some of the top guys, but I tried to not really focus too much on the top guys because everyone knows the top guys. And I was looking at a couple guys for like later rounds, like someone like Radarius Williams um, from Oklahoma State, um, just as a just obviously he's not going to be like your top round, top two round pick even. But I think if we were to for some reason, past the cup, first couple of rounds without taking a corner. Um, there's there's a few guys there that are kind of projects. Someone like Marco Williams from Florida as well. Love that. Love that. Good good names, good tape. Good takes, Dan. Costa Rica, John. Who are you having in the first round? Because you know you're on my team now. <laughs> there is nobody in the first round. I didn't even do any research for the first round because why? Why bother? What a waste of time. Um, all right, that's not true. I mean, it is true it's a waste of time to, to consider a cornerback in the, in, at 13, but uh, it is not a waste of time to look at the prospects there just in case they decided that is a big need. And I think you talked about all the big guys, right? Sertain, Horn, uh, Farley. Um, you know, I think Newsom is up there too. I think he's a guy who I think, you know, he's a first-round talent. Um, Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. Um, to be clear, but uh, I think he's a first-round talent. I think he's a solid tackler. He's got good vision, um, good hips. Um, I mean, he's a first-round guy. I, I wouldn't use 13 on him. I, I think he's probably a, you know, back back end of first round. But again, if you know, for me to feel comfortable taking a cornerback, it would be in the sense that potentially there's a trade-up. Right, maybe maybe Flesco does the same thing. Drafts, you know, the, the smart, the right position at 13 in offensive tackle, like he did the right thing last year in drafting a quarterback first, and then he's like, all right, I'm going to add first round talent to my defense by trading up. Right, not not as likely this year, I think, because of the the, the picks we have, and it would probably cost more. But um, you know, if they could get into the back end of that first round and get like a Greg Newsom, uh, I mean, I'd be pretty happy with that. Or a Caleb Farley if he falls. I mean, again, I don't like to pick guys coming off injuries given the history that we've had as a franchise. But say Telesco does. I mean, for, yeah, Telesco has no problem with it apparently. So, um, you know, I mean, if they come back in towards the back end of the first round and steal Caleb Farley because people are so concerned about his injury, like you're walking away with a first round. Uh, tackle in a first round cornerback like that i would i would i mean i'd be done right okay i don't care what the rest of the picks are we just killed that draft right kind of same way i felt last year um with the first two picks where like didn't i mean and good thing i felt that way because the rest of the draft last year was pretty bad it turns out um but uh i mean kelly bounced back here by the way but anyways um i just it's hard for me to really look at first round cornerbacks and really get too excited so i think for me i you know, the four guys that we've talked about, Newsom, Horn, Sertain, Farley, all four of them, I think, legitimately deserve to be in the first round. I, I just don't personally want to see them called at 13. So just my personal opinion. And the right one, too, but personal. Yes, I agree with some of that, John. I do still believe that the tackle is the way to go in, in, in round one. Um Horn is the one I know we, we spoke about Patrick Sertain, but I think I think Horn is the one that gets my vote as a, as a top uh, cornerback, and I think he was endorsed recently by uh, Daniel Jeremiah. I always sit up and listen to what he has to say, but I think we need to dial this back 
and look at what we've got currently on the roster. Mike Davis, Chris Harris Jr., the the head coach, the the the, the defensive coordinator. They need to assess from last year's tape and and beyond as to whether or not they think these two guys are going to be able to step up to the mark in twenty twenty one. And I think once they've made that decision, that will maybe sway what happens in the draft. But um, talking about uh, tackling Dan, he mentioned it, and, I've, and Brandon Staley said, you know, you can't play defense unless you know, your cornerbacks can tackle. There's a name here that, uh, that stood out for me, Trey Brown. 141 tackles, 31 passes defended, eight and a half tackles for loss and four interceptions. You know, maybe we get him in the second or third if he's still on the on the board, um, assuming that some of those top names have gone. But I, th- I think it really, really comes down to if we are going to get a cornerback we must go out uh, and, and get one in the in the at least by the second round if the assessment on Mike Davis and, and Chris Harris doesn't look favorable because we've got to start now really reaching out and, and trying to push on and, and and there needs to be an element of closing the gap on the Chiefs and pulling away from the Broncos and the Raiders, if we're continuously in the mix of those two teams, you know, we, we've not really got a chance of making the playoffs. And, and that's what we should be striving for every year. And it, I suppose it starts with defence. Some of you guys wanted a defensive coordinator. We've got one. Well, let's let's have a top three defence as it was projected in 2020, which didn't turn out. But uh, we'll talk about the safety um, in the next segment. I love it. You're all coming around slowly. <laughs> to my way of thinking while I sit here <coughs> choking to death from having my bubble tea. Um, right, strap in. Come on, I want to hear you all strap in, take a seat for the whirlwind tour of the cornerback market in the free, in the in the draft because, you know, everyone, I think Patrick Sertain is gone. I don't think he'll make, I think his tackling's too good, he's too much of an elite prospect to, to reach 13. What a prospect to have there. I think Farley would have been close behind, uh, probably gone top 15, and it would have pushed Horn a little bit further down because the tackling questions, the question marks around Horn's tackle, that, that's my biggest fear with him. You know, as I think he, for me, is the guy I think will be called at 13 if we stay there, and I think his tackling needs to dramatically improve. I'm not too con- concerned with the fact that when you have a Derwin James in your team and the aggressive nature that Staley's going to have as a dr- attack the ball, but that's a problem. I think Staley's exactly the right guy to take Horn and his natural instincts and his ball hawking to the next level with his tackling. That's fine. Um, I think there is a really nice cornerback class hidden behind the top names. I think you get past those top three and there is a little bit of a gap. You know, I'm not going to start, you know, obsessing over a Tyson Campbell from Georgia. Um, he's good uh, prospect. Um, but I'm not obsessed with with him. I like Greg Newsom. A lot of people are starting to rise. Greg Newsom, as you mentioned, out of Northwestern, John, um, higher up into the first round, and I think he's crept in there for a late first round pick, probably an early second round grade if I was giving him one. Um, but his field work's a little bit poor um, for me. I like the big cluster of people I thought would make it to the Chargers' second round pick, and I actually think there are a cluster of of cornerbacks that will go early second round. Eric Stokes out of Georgia, I I really like. I think he played really well against Auburn in a game I watched from end to end. Um, 
it's interesting because I think he's actually creeping up boards towards the end of sorry the beginning of the second round, um, and he, he you know he's there with Tyson Campbell, DJ Daniel in 2019, 2020, uh, good height, good length, could get stronger, good with his hands, upside to grow. Which in the second round is a cornerback is what you're looking. You're looking for a talent that can get better, um, and I would I would be more than happy to have him on my team. Um, Looking further down into the draft, I think Paulson Adebo out of Stanford is someone I looked at last year thinking he was going to declare. Really like the guy in the second round last year. I think he's probably more of a third round pick. Um, he sat out 2020, stayed healthy, but it really hurt him because he lost that chance to show that he could grow, improve his discipline and not get burnt on the deep ball. He has weaknesses that I think we could fix if we took him. I think he will be there at the end of the second, or if you trade back into the third, um, back into the uh, top of the third, you could get him. Um, but he's a big guy, great cover skills, and when he doesn't give in to his instinct, he's great. What was the guy that played for the Chiefs and then went to the Rams? A bit of um, a cornerback for them. I can't remember who who it is now. Um, picked off Philip Rivers almost every single time. We played the Chiefs. Um, Peters. This is Peters in the second to third round that needs to improve but has those ball-hawking skills but the ability to be burnt. Interesting prospect. Someone's going to get a good one, potentially, if they can coach him right. Um, there's some very interesting names. The one guy I'm obsessed with that I think, unfortunately, is going to sneak into the first round. I think a lot of teams will be interested, but that's Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State. Um I thought he was incredible. I watched. Go and watch his Georgia Tech tape. If you are interested in a cornerback and you think your team needs one, go and watch his tape against Georgia Tech because he made two interceptions, showed good hand skills, taking advantage of the missteps of others. He made big plays in almost every game I watched him. Um, he destroyed Notre Dame. He's a he's he's more of a slot corner, fast, nimble. Um, I think he could be a an outside corner potentially. Doesn't have the size. He's five ten. He's not a burner, but his his ability to address the schemes, know who he's he's up against, and beat them in a one on one challenge across the centre of the field is fantastic. So if you have some time, go and watch him because he's great. I absolutely adore this. You know the the, the first segment of cornerback prospects in this draft is worth your time to look at I think the Chargers, if I'm wrong and the Chargers don't go cornerback at 13 I would not be unhappy if they traded up into the second to get someone like Asante Samuel if he falls don't don't think he's a team fit but so it's unlikely or or just stay put and take Paulson and Adebo in the late second I'd be happy with either of those it's an exciting class guys um, but you know, my, you know what I think. I think we're going to go Horn at 13. I'm putting it on the table. Next fortnight's podcast, right before the draft, we, I will be asking my co-hosts to declare who they think the name will be when the Chargers pick. They're going to have to engrave it in their chests and whoever is wrong has to eat their hat. Does that sound fair? Um, but that's coming. And I'm saying mine early. It's going to be JC Horn. <laughs> You're only season. saying that, Bez, because we know you don't have a hat. <laughs> I can't find them. They're all out of stock. Will Americans stop buying the hats that I want to buy with the Chargers logo on? Um, anyone got any final remarks on cornerbacks in the draft before I move on to safety? 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, when I was looking at corners, mostly focusing on second, third round talents, um, because I think that's the I think that's the sweet spot in this draft. Um, you know, I think you ticked off a lot of names, uh, Adebo, um, Asante Samuel Jr. Those are all guys I was looking at, guys I liked. Eric Stokes, Stokes, I think, is, you know, of the two corners from Georgia, he's my favorite. Um, I'm not really a big Tyson Campbell guy. So uh, I, I think we're kind of aligned on some of the guys we like. But I think another guy who, you know, is potentially going to be available maybe early third for us, you know, you know, um, mid, I guess mid third for that pick is uh, Ifiatu Melifanwu. And I don't know, I probably butchered that, but that's the best I think I've said it all day as I've been practicing that name. Uh, so out of Syracuse, I think uh, I think he, he did a lot of zone coverage uh, at Syracuse, and but I think he's got the size and speed and athleticism to be more of a man cover guy. Um, you know, I think he can um transition into the kind of a staley defense and really add in uh he's a good tackler really good in run defense which again is something is important for me because this team we've seen this team do so great in the past coverage and and, and get good pressure and then completely just be miserable in in run defense so for me you know between the secondary that we're discussing today you know one of my big themes is looking for guys who i believe can play in the run game and be good tacklers because I think those are important pieces to add so he's one of those guys and again he's, he's a big corner 6'2 200 pound 200 like 210 I think it is actually um, I mean he's just to me he's, he's the kind of guy that you can put in there I think he's got some more development in there that that can be pulled out of him and I think he could raise his game and, and he, I think he could be really nice uh, on the opposite side of Davis for the for the years to come so um, he's just a guy I'm looking at and that like I said either He's probably not going to go in the second. I, I think he's probably going to be available there in the third round for him. Um, I mean, he might go later. It, it's it's always hard to say with cornerbacks because I think, you know, when it comes to evaluating cornerbacks, I think there are specific desires of traits and skills that people want to see. And it's not like, oh, well, if you're going to be a great corner, you have to do this thing, right? It's, well, you have to do these eight things great. And there's only a few that do them great. And then at that point, you're deciding on, okay, well, who does enough of the ones that I feel are important to be a good prospect? So I, I, that's why I think the cornerback evaluation could be all over the board sometimes. So it's hard for me to put in, oh, this guy's definitely going to be a second rounder. I don't know. I mean, we could all be all you know really high on him and the league is like, nah, pass. And he ends up in round four. It's like, you see it every year. So, um, but I, I think the guys that we're talking about, most of them in that second, third round range, I think those are perfect range to strike on a cornerback um and you know there's some good good names in there this year I'm, I'm excited to see who they come away with that is your roundup on the cornerback market we're gonna begrudgingly leave it because it was so much fun um so we're gonna move on to safety which is interesting because from a charger's perspective we've lost um is it jenkins we lost Rayshon. yep Ray Shaw jenkins you know yeah, and so by the goes... way i was all aboard re-signing him but i mean he got paid I mean, paid, and I'm just like, nope. I like you, kid. Go get that bag, but nope. It was a very steep contract. Now it's been an interesting <laughs> off season for safety because, you know, we were assuming that that Staley would make some moves. I think we got Derwin coming back in his versatility, um, which is great for the team. Is Nazir Adderley going to be that free safety? How are the team going to replace Rayshon Jenkins? There's some interesting free agent prospects out there. Um, and interestingly, guys who have been linked with the Chargers heavily before when they were coming out of college. 
So just to throw some names out there before I throw it open, and John, I'm going to come straight back to you on this, but you know, Malik Hooker, uh, 25, can't get healthy, but he's talented. We were heavily no, linked with him. I, I was hoping you were going to mention him. <laughs> do you like him? No, he played two games last season. What do we want him for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, he's, the talent's there, and you can see why then, if, if the injury's there. Um, we were also linked heavily with Tayshawn uh, Gibson, Gibson. I can never know how you say it. Um, who's you know at the Bears' safety? We, we were gonna, we were looking at him. Was it last year or the year before? Um, solid, but his age, thirty-one years of age. Um, and beyond that, you know, Kenny Vaccaro, thirty years age again, but tight and safety, very solid, but declined over the years. Um, there's again not a lot of free agents out there that in, excite you. Uh, go straight back to you, John. Safety. We need someone, don't we? Um, I think it would be it behoove them to get some depth at safety. I think uh, as we as we switch over to the draft prospects, you know, most of the guys I'm looking at are in that you know late third to early sixth round range, um, just because I don't think they need to. Sp- it doesn't need to be a high priority for them. Um, I mean, I do think that there is a need for them to potentially add another veteran back there, just in case. So, um, you know, I think a couple names that come up starts from a veteran standpoint like a Kareem Jackson or a, or a Xavier Woods both guys who I think have played in the league for a little bit now um, Kareem Jackson more than Woods obviously um, but I think both are very very solid players could really shore up that free safety position or even other multiple safety positions depending on how you know how I assume we're going to end up with three safeties on the field more often than we than, than not this season just because of the way that I think they're going to use Derwin James um, he won't I don't think he'll be a safety, a true safety by nature. I think he'll line up in the star position often um, just to kind of throw different looks. Um, but I think there's going to be a need to have three competent safeties on this team. So, um, you know, going after one of those guys wouldn't be bad. Um, I don't hate the Malik Hooker idea. I, I know, Waz, I know you hate that. I know you don't want me to say that, but I actually don't hate the Malik Hooker idea. I think he's young still. Uh, you know, he's going to be cheap, right? Because he needs to prove that he can stay healthy. Uh, I mean, why not throw a couple, you know, okay. why not throw two million at him um, and have him and Nas, you know, play it out? Because, I mean, you hit on that. Like, that's, that's you know, you're playing with house money there. So let, let, let me just jump on that and actually defend you here. Is it any different to Derwin James? Derwin James has not been able to stay healthy for one reason or another. So for two million dollars, you, you're absolutely right. You know, on paper, it's like, do not go near this player. But if he can return... And, and get back to the sort of uh, you know level of fitness that that, hurt, that earned him a spot in Indianapolis. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that there's, I mean, especially in this market, right? Like, you're not spending money in this market on guys with serious question marks. <laughs> you're just not. So, I mean, the market in general is depressed. So, I mean, I really think that you could get him for two million, maybe three. I don't know with incentives. Or whatever, but I mean, maybe like a million and a half with incentives up to like three or four if he can actually play. So I, I don't see the risk, right? He gets injured. Oh well, you know, it's a couple million bucks. You just have to deal with it. He was a depth piece, anyways. And if he works out and turns into that prospect that we all thought he was coming out of college, you're just like, wow, this was an amazing steal. So, I mean, those are again, that that's about it. It, it is a thin safety group at this point. Um, you know, we all, everyone was talking about John Johnson. Is is he coming over from the Rams? Is that is, is Staley bringing him over? And everyone was so sure it was going to happen and then it didn't so um it's i think at this point you're just like the uh, the cornerback you're just kind of looking for a good value 
to shore up the position, but I just don't think there's any impact free agents right now that you're really going to go to and go, yes, we, sh- we definitely got to get that guy. Yeah, I, I'm kind of very aligned with you on this, John. I think there's there's one guy we didn't mention there who's still out there who I could see us bringing back, and that would be Jaleel Adai <laughs> again. Um, just for the familiarity, Johnny! he knows he knows the players, he knows... Basically, he just knows the players. He doesn't know the coaches. He doesn't know the scheme necessarily because no one does. But, um, yeah, he's still out there. Um, he wouldn't be the worst. I'd, I'd rather pick up, um, as you were saying, John, Malik Hooker on a on a cheap prove-it deal. Um, but other than that, I don't really think there's anyone that kind of calls out to me um, in terms of the I've safeties. Got, I've got a name. If you want in I've got some draft bucks. names, but no free agents, so go for it. Just checking his market value before I even <laughs> open my mouth and, and put my foot in it. Oh no. Oh no. I was gonna say Justin Simmons but no. He just he's signed though. Has he? Yeah. Justin he's Simmons. He's on my free agent tracker. Oh you need a new one. I, I thought I thought he signed with um oh, what are they called? I don't, I don't remember who he signed. I'm pretty sure he signed, though. Okay. Yes, yeah, I'm pretty sure he, he's, he signed. Franchise tag by the Broncos. Yes, he was franchise tag Fran- Oh, he's franchised. That's why. Okay. I was ah, like, there's no yes. way he's a free agent. There's no way. I would be I I'd be saying, like, why is he not an option? Yeah, it's just the top of my free agent track that I'm looking at. I'll not mention the website that I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> so apart from him, have you got any names there, Was? No. Just scrub that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you some draft names, then. Um, yes, please. You go first. So I think there are some really good names in this year's draft uh, safety. I don't know about the players, but there's some really good names <laughs> out there. Um, obviously, Richard LeCount III, um, who as, as well, I, I don't think he would be a bad choice just as a rotational piece. Um, I mean, all of these players at safety, we're not going to be looking at anyone in the first few rounds, but maybe a developmental piece somewhere further down. Um, another name, Quinterio Cole. Big fan of that name. Um, and can, can uh, he in play terms football, of in, <laughs> yes, yes, um, he needs a lot of development, but he's. I think he'd he'd be interesting. Um, but uh, the best one that I've been looking at, not in terms of best name, I just think this guy's the best player out of the ones I'd actually looked at, would be Talanoa Hufanga. Out of uh, USC. Bless you. <laughs> no, Talanoa Hufanga out of USC. Um, He's he's kind of more that versatile player as well, not just sitting at safety. Um, but again, developmental in all cases for all of these players, um, because it's not like we're going to go out and draft. I don't even know who the top safety is in this draft. Uh, Trevon Murring, Murrig or Javon Holland. Uh, I, d- I doubt that they'll be the kind of players we're looking at if we look at anyone at all. And on that, I'm, I'm actually going to disappear. Um, enjoy the rest of the podcast <laughs> and I'll check in with you in a fortnight's time to give you my first round pick yes well peace out it's great Cheers, having you Dan. for as Take long care. as you give us thank you my friend um, was you know looking at the draft any of these names exciting you in the safety class yes somebody that we could reunite with uh, Mr Herbert Jevon Holland Oregon he sat out 2020 in prep for this year's draft um but he, he was highly regarded um, coming into 2020. So, explosive piece. Needs to bulk up a little bit, but 
he's the one that sticks out for me. Uh, maybe fourth round pick, something like that. Whether he'll, he'll fall that far, somebody might take him in the third. But um, the, the name I've got is TCU's uh, Trevon Moorig. Um, that's how he's pronounce it. Uh, versatile, <clears throat> plenty of um, uh, juice in the tank there. And I think both of those names that they they're development players that can learn a lot from Derwin James and the new defensive coaches. Um, but there are, you know, those are the two that stand out for me. And and again, I think this is a really really interesting group. Naz Derwin and and Gilman. I mean Gilman last season. Can we can we get the best out of him this season? Can we can we step him up a little bit? I'm not so sure. Naz, I think we're all fans of Naz. He really step up to the plate this year. And Derwin James is, is the big one. You, you look at four four names on the Chargers roster in in no particular order. Derwin, you got Derwin James, Justin Herbert, Joey Bosa, and Keenan Allen. If all those players are on fire all season or for the majority of the season, you know, maybe one might miss a, a game or something like that. I think we have a good chance of, of making an impact. But there are so many question marks for Derwin James. And I, and I think if you were to ask any neutral football uh, fan and say, look, outside of the obvious, the Herberts, uh, the Bozes of, of this world, who would you like to see succeeding on the charge in 2021, I think most people say Derwin James, just because it is not just his athletic his, uh, his, his athletic ability, it's his football brain. He always seems to be in the right place at the right time. Um, and I think we need to keep him healthy, keep him involved with the game for obvious reasons, but for development as well. Anybody that's coming in, if I'm, if I'm a safety sat here right now, Going to the draft, I'd be looking up and down the ro- the thirty two uh, leagues, looking up and down the rosters and going, do you know what? I really, really want to go to the Chargers because I really want to go and sit and learn from Derwin James. Y- we just know that Derwin James, one day when he retires, he's going to be a head coach somewhere. I think he's the. If you look at the 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 amazing football brains of, of from the quarterbacks' perspective, the ones that have retired, the 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 Mannings of this world and and the Drew Breeses. You, you know, and and certainly Tony Romo. I think on on a football level, I think Derwin James will be up there and beyond. Um, so it's important that we we keep him healthy, but I think it's also important to have him around for that development and getting the best out of other players. He's he's almost like a, an additional coach when he's on the sidelines, but hopefully this time he'll be on the sidelines recovering, waiting to get back onto the field to uh, create a few turnovers. I just want to know how we managed to sneak a Tony Romo reference into our safeties discussion. That is <laughs> football brain, football brain. <laughs> that is some elite uh, maneuvering right there. Um, so I, I just want to kind of touch on what Dan said a little bit. I think, um, you know, again, being a PAC 12 guy, um, you know, Hufanga is, is from USC is a guy as a safety that I like. And the rest of the safeties I'm going to talk about, uh, I think have a similar trend in which they, I believe they're versatile safeties. I, I believe they can, they could play free or strong. I believe they could, most of them can, I think, come into the box if needed and, and do what they need to do down there. I think they can all be assets in the run game. And I think they can all be solid tacklers. Like to me, that's what it is, right? Uh, a lot of these guys though, they're going to be very blah, right? They're not, they're not going to be elite. They're not going to be, there's, you know, most of these guys, I think they're going to find in like, again, that, that fourth to sixth range, maybe a third rounder. If, if, if he 
does something in, in the next few weeks or whatever. But I think most of them are going to be in that fourth to sixth range where I think they can get a good value on a safety who I think can come and compete. And I think they're all going to be guys who don't do anything particularly elite, but they do a lot of things solid and dependable, which is kind of all I want at this point. I want someone if, you know, I want someone who I, who I can feel confident going in there that, you know what, they've got enough athletic ability and enough um, skill that I believe that they could actually play meaningful reps and not be a complete liability out there. So, um, you know, guys like DeMar Hamlin, uh, who's out of pit again, he's a late round guy, same idea, right? He's, I think he's dependable. I think he could be, he's developmental. I don't know if I'd want him starting day one, but I think he could turn into a starter and I think he could maybe rotate in to give Derwin a a breather or give, uh, give Nas a breather if needed. Um, Dark Forest, that's right. Dark D-A-R out of Cincinnati. I think again, that mid round, I think he's a solid safety with, uh, with, with versatility. Um, and I think he would be a good addition. Um, but if they, for some reason decided they wanted to spend some capital and, and I'm not going to go into the first round for safety ever. Um, but if they wanted to spend some capital on the safety, you know, a guy who's getting a lot of buzz. And I think is, there's a reason why is Richie Grant at a US, UCF. I mean, uh, I, I think he is one of those guys. I mean, he may not be available. He may end up being going early second or even somehow. I don't think he slips into the first, but he might not be available at uh, at 47. But I think he's a guy that if they want to target a safety um, because they feel the need to go safety and they're, they're comfortable with this loaded cornerback class, um, which I think they should be comfortable with and have no problem passing on cornerback in the first or second round. Um, and they wanted to draft a safety in round two. I, I think Richie Grant could be a guy there who, again, would be a nice solid player there. So those are a few guys that I'm looking at in the draft again. No one's super sexy, but I, th- I think some solid names. You see, I couldn't be less of a fan of this safety class if I tried. As uh, For every bit of excitement I had about the cornerbacks, I have nothing going on with the safeties. I spent some time... I, I, I get that when it's not a pressing need, I'm never a first-round safety kind of guy, unless you have an elite hybrid talent like Derwin James. You know, you leave safeties to the middle to late round. Um, for me, you know, Trevor Marig didn't inspire me. Jevon Holland lacks the size and frame that you want from from an you elite can, we guy. We can work on that, though. That's what I said. He needs to put some yeah. weight on. You can, you can work on that. I agree, but I'm, I'm maybe I'm a little scarred from the injuries we've had over the years from our secondary. Um, there are no names that got me excited. No tape that I that stood out to me. Um, I think it's very likely the Chargers wait and go mid to late rounds to get safety depth here. I've spent a bit of time scouting out mid to late round safeties that could end up on the roster, contribute on special teams, come on and make a play, or replace someone who's injured uh, with a bit of um, with a bit of uh, coaching up. And I think it's most likely to see who falls in the draft to take value you don't go seeking out anybody in this draft class for me um i'm going to come on to it a little later but i obviously was um the general manager for the charges in the recent nfl uk mock um i targeted and then the listener community our listener community chose james wiggins out of cincinnati um, who I liked as a versatile piece. I think what you said, John, about a lot of the guys in this class can do multiple things. They aren't just a free safety, a strong safety. You're going to line them up everywhere. They're going to contribute in multiple positions. 
and I think that's going to be key to finding someone in the mid to late rounds. Um, there's just no one that really excited me. So, no. Don't bother Telesco. Don't do it. Don't take someone in the second or third round. Leave it to the fifth, sixth, seventh undrafted free agents. I'm not excited. I'm sorry, guys. Am I wrong? No. I think it's a fair, that's a fair assessment. I think we've got we've got needs elsewhere that are more important. I don't... Getting that left tackle. <laughs> getting that corner back one. Um, I will. I mentioned it, so I'll bring it up. You know, we are doing a lot, um, a, a lot in the community, the Chargers community. So followers on Twitter will give you the, uh, will give you some socials to follow later on. But you know, John, and myself are involved in some cross-platform, some some um, cross-social media drafts and draft content. So as you know, I was general manager for the Chargers in the at NFL UK mock. I picked four players in each round and offered that vote up to the listeners. You voted. You chose who to pick. I may have disagreed, but I stuck with it. Um, so, you know, I, w- I want your assessment. I want you to give me a grade, John and John, for, for the charge up, charged up Bolt listener community's decisions. So... This is the draft class. Didn't trade up, didn't trade down, stood still. Rashawn Slater was the pick at 13, you'll be pleased to know. We got Eric Stones, uh, cornerback out of Georgia in the second. Um, Then there was a controversial decision. The Chargers listeners took Tommy Tremble out of Notre Dame in the third and and came back to get Hamilcar Rashad Jr. from Oregon State, edge rusher, who I think is a very talented individual. Um, then they went guard with Deontay Brown, a big, big body, probably starting guard in a power front, um, before taking a linebacker, Cameron McGrone, uh, out of Michigan. Uh, with the 185th pick, we took James Wiggins' safety for some depth. We took Josh Imator-Bebe out of Illinois, who is, I think, the most elite athlete that is completely raw in the draft, a complete flyer on a wide receiver who can do it all with speed and athleticism but needs route running to be trained into his brain and last but not least we took Tommy Kramer guard out of Notre Dame for some depth on the O-line give, give the listeners a grade guys was I like I like the Tom, Tommy Tremble pick by the way because um, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the Notre Dame prospects for obvious reasons we always seem to draft one yeah I don't want to be too harsh give you a B minus <laughs> John, come on, you can rip the listeners to shreds, or do you love what they've done? I'll be honest with you. Um, I was I was a big fan of what they did. I think there are some names on that list that really got me going. I think you, um, you know, I think we mentioned it last last show. Um, you know, after you'd just taken uh, Rama, uh, uh, totally. <laughs> Anyways, I think I did mention it last show. There's a few guys who are uh, who I think made a, a really solid. Uh, you know, draft class. And I think, you know, if you really evaluate Telesco's drafting over the last, you know, five years, I think you'll see that it's actually not as solid as some people think. So I think that the listeners might have, if Telesco is able to draft who the listeners drafted, I think he might have one of his best drafts in years. Um, Obviously, you know, he's not going to get a Justin Herbert in there. So, you know, that's obviously going to skew the result. But I think from an overall, like, start to finish draft, I thought it was very solid. I would give it an A-. minus. Take that to the bank, listeners. You did well. Um, Tell me, John, you've been uh, taken on to the Chargers GM in a Twitter 
mock draft that's going to come up. You're going to engage on there with the with the followers. Tell us about it. Yeah, so I was invited to uh, represent the Chargers at a um, they called a draft Nick mock. So apparently I'm a draft Nick now. That's uh, good to know. Certified. Um, but uh, it's, it's from a company called Walk the Mock. Um, they have it's walkthemock.com they have their own kind of mock draft tool that they're promoting so they've invited uh various content creators uh for different teams so you know anyone who's got a blog or uh or a youtube or a podcast that's very fan driven and and well received in the community um you know they reached out to some of them and just asked them to take over a team so uh, i'll be doing that uh, this saturday that's april 17th at 9 p.m eastern um, again, I will be, I'll be live tweeting, uh, from during the draft just to kind of keep everybody informed. Um, it's going to be interesting. So, you know, it, it's, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Are you going to get guys who are, you know, kind of, kind of the model that you just did where they're allowing, uh, you know, fans to vote by, by putting up polls. Uh, this is only going to be like a one to two minute, uh, per pick draft. They're going to go pretty quickly through it. So there's not going to be a lot of time for that. So I don't think I can do that, but you know, Am I going against other sharps? You know, what do these guys want? Like, you think you know what teams need, you know, based off all these things you read, you know, about other teams. Like, oh, well, they really need a, you know, a, a wide receiver. I'm not worried about them taking a safety here. And then they take a safety uh, because, you know, sometimes the fans are a little bit more plugged in these, you know, than these national uh, uh, pundits. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how the how the draft goes and, and see who goes where and what positions go early. So uh, I can I can tell you this right now. Um, there's not going to be a cornerback at 13. <laughs> I, I, there's not going to be one taken. I'm going to high hijack that. That if you get it to a vote and there's a cornerback on it, I am hijacking that boy. Oh, geez, I don't <laughs> think so. You know, I, one of the reasons I don't think, that, by the way, that I, I'm really don't think they're going to take a cornerback at 13 is because I think there's only two cornerbacks that they would take at 13, and that's Sertan and and Far or and sorry and uh, Horn. I actually don't think either of them are going to be available by the time the Chargers pick. I really think that there's going to be two cornerbacks taken before pick 13. So unless they're picking between a, you know, a broken back Farley uh, or, you know, one of the risers and, you know, Greg Newsom, um, you know, I, I, I just don't see, I don't see them seeing the value at 13 for cornerback. So um, I think if you're going to bet eating your hat on a cornerback at 13, it might be a little riskier than you think. Well, guys, you know, uh, follow at Adroit Airs so you can see what uh, and get involved in all the picks on that mock. Um, if also we've been involved in a little bit more, I, I'm on a YouTube uh, mock draft with Panthers Nation, so you can check out uh, Panthers Nation at Panther Nation PC. That's now live for a podcast, a YouTube mock draft where I did take, I, I, I gave my reasons why. Uh, but also took JC Horn at 13. Um, just just for the record, Sewell and Slater were gone, so don't shout at me too much. Um, and we're going to be doing a crossover event with the Chargers Chat podcast on Twitter and YouTube with a full mock draft, what we're looking forward to in the draft. Um, and in two weeks' time, we are going to give you our full draft special. I'm going to nail these guys to the wall. They're going to have to come up with their predictions what they, who they think everyone in the top 13 picks is going to take. I'm going to give you a live mock draft for the boys, and we're going to predict who the Chargers will take. Will they stay put, trade up, trade down? Cornerback, left tackle, wide receiver, 
how Kicker. we feel about all <laughs> Kicker. <laughs> uh, and how we feel about all of it. Um, we're going to give you that special in two weeks' time, right before the draft, so you can get fully, fully immersed within that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday experience that is coming fast at us. Guys, have you got any last comments on the cornerback or safety class or anything that's going on in the NFL right now? Was no nope. jump? No, I think we covered it today. Just you know, stay away from cornerback at thirteen. We're all good. Let's go to the pub. <laughs> We can do it now. We can go to a beer garden and stay two metres away over here in the UK. Joy. Or you, or you can sit in a nail uh, bar and get your nails done for about 10 hours, and that's fine. Absolutely fine. Uh, to be fair, guys, you know, I, I might post a snazzy pic. I finally got my hair cut after six months of, of not being able to do it. So, you know. It's a six hour appointment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, COVID be damned. Guys, two weeks' time, um, but don't forget. Um, we're going to come at you with a draft. It's the countdown is on. Where can you guys be found on the socials? At Endzone85. As always, you can find me at Adroid Airs, hashtag Audible Chocolate, hashtag OT at 13. <laughs> you dear me. You can find me at Bez the Spaniard. You can find the podcast at Charged Up Pod. And you can find Dan at Endzone85. No, you can't. That's me. It's UKLA Chargers. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. I nearly got it. At UKLA Chargers for Dan, who had to disappear early. We thank you for, for joining us. Guys, don't forget, the draft's coming. Cornerback is the only option on the table. <laughs>